The process of landing investment banking job offers can often feel like a black box, which leads to confusion and anxiety for most of the candidates going through it. Hey, my name is Sam Shaw, and I'm the founder of Wall Street Mastermind. I've personally coached numerous students on how to successfully break into top-tier investment banks, including Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, JP Morgan, Centerview, Evercore, and PJT Partners, just to name a few. On this podcast, I'm going to help you demystify the investment banking recruiting process by sharing what the clients of Wall Street Mastermind have done to get results like these. Enjoy this episode. Let's say there's a company, they buy a factory, they finance it with debt, factory costs $100, finance it with debt. Can you walk me through how that flows to the three statements? Yeah, so the company buys a factory with $100 in debt. Yep. And how much does a factory cost? $100? Yep. Okay. Uh, so pretty much first thing that you're going to want to do is ultimately you have to go out and buy this factory. So your CapEx is going to go down by 100 uh, because you bought the factory. So your net change in cash is down 100. So cash is down 100 and PP&E is up 100. Uh, but you also have to take on this debt. So your debt is going to go up by 100. Um, so then ultimately your net change in cash will be up 100. Your debt or your cash will be up 100, but your debt will also be up 100 on the balance sheet. So mm-hmm. the balance sheet will balance. And that's pretty much all like before year one, we could say. And then, uh, sorry, did you say they sell it at some point? Uh, I haven't said anything about that yet, no. Okay, so yeah, that's pretty much uh, what would happen if they bought a factory with $100 in debt. So okay. you, you talk about like, that cash is down 100 and that cash is up 100. So those two basically cancel out, right? Uh-huh. So, okay, yeah, so there, there's no change in cash. Yeah, so I was making more clear. Like, so on the cash flow statement, basically, your net change in cash is zero. Yeah. Because cash flow for debt financing. And, and and by the way, like, you primarily just talked about the changes in the balance sheet. But you should talk about the cash flow statement too. Like, okay. like I mean, you talked about CapEx, but like the debt, when you raise the debt, there's changes in, there's a $100 cash inflow from cash flow from debt financing, which is under the cash flow from financing section, right? Okay. So with any of these three statement questions, you want to make sure that you're hitting every single statement to the extent that there are changes on that statement. Now, for this first part of the question, there's no change to the income statement yet. But even then, I would just call out that on the income statement, there's no change. Because right now, we're just talking about CapEx and CapEx doesn't hit the income statement. Uh Just like acknowledge it, right? So any of these three statement questions you always want to do, you always want to do income statement, cash flow statement, balance sheet. Income statement, cash flow statement, balance sheet. In that order, right? Don't just do balance sheet and then like, that's it, right? Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, so that's year zero. So now one year passes, okay? Walk me through what happens to your income statement, or not just income statement, but to your financial statements in year one. Yeah, so how long is this factory going to be depreciated for? Uh, let's say the useful life is 10 years. Okay, so the useful life of the factory is 10 years and you bought it for 100, so your depreciation is going to go up by 10. So on the income statement, and then your EBIT, your operating income is going to go down by 10. And then so your pre-tax income is down 10. And then can I assume a 40% tax rate? Um, Sure, that's fine. Okay. So that means your net income is going to go down by six. So net income is down by six. That's going to flow to the top of the cash flow statement. Net income is down six. But you have to Are add you back. missing anything? Well, the we never said that there was like an interest expense on debt or anything, or we were paying interest yet on that debt. Do you, so think, I guess, do you think you can go out and find interest-free debt? And no, so, so I guess, what would the interest rate be on the debt? Okay, let's assume 10%. Okay, so that means you're... Because if you can find interest-free debt, I would like to know where, because I would like to get some. Yeah, so your uh, 
EBIT's going to be down by 10. Uh, and then the interest expense is going to make that go down by another 10. So your uh, pre-tax income is down by 20. And then assuming a 40% tax rate, uh, that means your net income is going to be down by 12. So on the top of the cash flow statement, net income is down 12. But then you have to add back the 10 for your depreciation. So that's going to be down by two. Uh, there's no changes to investing your financing. Um, so then your net change in cash is down two. So on the balance sheet, your cash is down by two. Your PP&E is down by 10. So the asset side is going to be down by 12. Is there, anything that, is there anything that you would want to ask as follow-up? I guess follow like I'm not selling this. I guess like under cash flow from investing, like I'm not selling this asset, right? No. What else though? Anything else that you would potentially want to know? <clears throat> uh, oh, like, are we, uh, like, is the debt still, is the debt being repaid or not? Yeah. Okay. Let's assume that you, um, let's assume that it's a term loan and the term on the debt is five years. Okay. So that means, <laughs> um, actually that's this, like if I said it was term loan versus if I said it was high yield, like how would that, how would that change things on your financial statements? Yeah. Well, if it's high yield debt, then essentially your interest interest expense uh, or your interest rate is going to be fixed while with bank debt, it's typically floating. Yeah. But aside uh, from that, because we already assumed that the interest rate is 10%, right? So I'm not talking yeah, about I guess if, if it's a term loan, you're, you're paying it all back at the end. Uh, or sorry, if it's high yield debt, you're paying it all back at the end. But if it's just like regular bank debt, then you're going to pay it back uh, like annually or monthly or however kind of that's set up. Okay. So let's assume it's term loan, like we said, and you, and the term is five years. So what happens? Okay. So <clears> that means your uh, your debt is going to go, um, your debt would go down by 20 under cash flow from financing. Uh, so ultimately now your net change in cash is going to be down by 22. So your cash is down by 22. We said the depreciation is going to cause PP&E to go down by, um, down by 10. So yeah, on your asset side, that's going to be down by 32. On your liability side, your, um, that debt is going to go down by 20. And then net income is down by 12. So you have down 32 on the asset side. Liabilities and shareholders equity have down 32. So the balance sheet balances. I think okay. I should just like not assume and ask more questions. <clears throat> oh yeah, for sure. Um, I think, you know, on like, you should always, first of all, yeah, don't assume, but also like always assume that there's going to be interest expense, right? Just <laughs> the same way how you always assume there's going to be taxes, right? Like IRS got to get theirs, right? But also if, a lender loan, loans you money, they're going to want interest because otherwise, why are they loaning you money, right? Uh -huh. so, so that's going back to earlier where you kind of just skip the interest expense. Like she never skipped that like that. that they would just ding you. Like they won't, they probably won't ask you or they might not ask you the way that I asked you um, and like just kind of give you an opportunity to fix that, right? Does that uh -huh. make sense? Yeah. Um, but yeah, in general, like don't assume anything. And like the key is to go through every single line item on all three statements that could potentially be relevant and make sure that if they didn't provide, if they're intentionally vague about it, um, you want to make sure that you ask clarifying questions to get to the assumptions that you should be using. Does that make sense? Thanks for listening to this episode. Interested in discovering how you can get personalized one-on-one -on -one coaching from Wall Street Mastermind to help you beat out the massive amount of competition out there? Head on over to www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. And the street is abbreviated to ST, so it's really wall, stmastermind.com slash apply. And our team looks forward to speaking with you.